You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We are the Birdie Dads, and this week, Trevor, Brian, and I talk about golf etiquette. But before we get into that, yeah, welcome back, guys. Before we get into that, go to our website at birdiedads.com. Buy yourself a new shirt. It's going to go perfect with those jeans. Just got to tell you. So, Trevor, Brian, we're going to talk about golf etiquette today. Oh, great topic. Great topic. How are you guys feeling on this? I'm feeling like I have some room for improvement with my golf <laughs> etiquette. I think Trevor's going to talk about it for like a half hour here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much time do we have here, Jared. Trevor is hard to please on the course. No. I, I, don't come, I don't want to come off that way. No, definitely not. Yeah. Well, here's the story what made me want to talk about this. I was out this last weekend and I was playing at my local muni course. And in my area, I have seen three courses close over the past few years. So we're losing availability. So what that means on the weekend, I'm seeing a ton of guys out golfing, new guys. And the explosion mm-hmm. is great. I think I read somewhere that... You know, this is the most new golfers we've seen since the Tiger effect from COVID. Have you guys hmm. heard that? No, but it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, it's the only sport we can do outdoors, right? With safe distance for the last year. So it makes sense. Right. Yeah. The only problem, as you, you've probably seen in the course, not everybody with this explosion understands golf etiquette. And mm-hmm. there's no class to take. There's no quiz to get on the course. It's just go play. There's no etiquette license. But maybe maybe there should be. Maybe there should be a golf, golf license instead of a driver's license. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, you, well, you do drive a cart. So maybe we could throw <laughs> something out there. So I go to play nine holes and it is packed. I mean, they are just packing it in for the day. And, you know, I was playing 18. I didn't make it because the etiquette just drove me crazy. I mean, so I wanted to bring to you guys, I, I turned it in after nine holes. Like I said, I was so frustrated. I couldn't play a full 18 and, and that's probably just my bad mental frustration. But um, a lot of things were getting under my skin on the course this weekend. So I wanted to bring to you guys your your pet peeves with golf etiquette. So give me something that you play and you see a lot that just guys need to know when they're out there playing. Uh, main thing for me, Jared, is to uh, tee it up behind the tee box. Uh, that's the biggest <laughs> one for me. Oh, man. I'm going to take photos of every hole for you guys now. <laughs> that could uh, be a pet peeve, though, because I'm getting a yard over you. <laughs> that is yeah, a rule. I think, I think for me, Jared, uh, you're talking about time, you know, on the course, and there's the biggest rule change in the last year or two, even is uh, now not searching for your ball for more than three minutes. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've all been there where we lost balls and we're trying to save our, you know, we're trying to post better than 100 or something or 110. But, you know, if you're out there and you're just playing for fun and you know you're not going to score well, it doesn't make sense to search for a ball for 10 minutes. I mean, I think that's where the game has kind of lost some people along the way. It's just, you know, you've got that guy that's looking for his ball. Everyone's trying to get up to the green and he's still back like 300 yards looking for that ball. <laughs> and so I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing, I think, as far as pace of play and kind of getting these people into this game is just trying to keep it keep it fast, keep it fun. And that's probably the biggest one of my pet peeves is, is the more than three minutes searching for a lost ball. Yeah, that's a good one. And I'd say kind of hand in hand with that is when you are searching for your ball and, you know, take some clubs with you, like you're up in the woods or something like that, because to go look for the ball, find the ball, have to go back to your bag or your cart, wherever it is, 
um, and then go back to your ball and then decide that it's not the right club and they have to go back. Like, like that back and forth kills me. Like I've seen so many people do that and it takes forever. It's just to t- take a handful of clubs with you and, and be oh, ready to hit whatever walk. you need to hit. Yeah. You just, you know, swallow yeah. that pride and hit that three hybrid three times in a row if you need to. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, before we even get there, though, I think kind of talking about that first tee box, right? So you hit a ball, you think it's probably gone, you're not sure, but how many of us have just got, assume that it's probably okay, right? And then you go mm-hmm. up, you can't find it. Well, then, you know, rule of the standard rules, not dad's rules, Jared's rules is, you know, you have to go back <laughs> and hit from the tee box. But I think the best thing that we could tell new golfers is if you, if it's un, if you're unsure, if it's heading towards an out-of-bounds stake or even close to water or anything, just hit a provisional. I mean... I don't know that YouTube, uh, if you guys have seen it, but guy tees off and, uh, he, the ball, like he finishes his backswing and he's already reaching into his pocket for a second ball. <laughs> that, that should be us. Like don't even wait for yeah. the guys behind you to re-tee. I mean, technically you should as etiquette, but like, if you know it's gone, just put one on there and hit it again for time sake of play or pace of play, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some, some golf rules that don't bother me on the course. Others just really drive me nuts. And I think that's the key thing. I was talking to a friend of mine and he was going out to play. I think it was like literally his first or second round ever playing. And he was going to play with his father-in-law. And the first thing I asked him, do you know golf etiquette? You're playing a nice course. Do you know? And he kind of looked at me dazed, a little bit glossy eyed. And so one of the things that drove me nuts this weekend was I'm playing and I'm going to tee it up. And I'm on the I'm on the tee box, and what do you see? You see guys pull out ahead of me to hit their ball on the fairway that I'm trying to hit into. And so the golf etiquette there, if you hit into the wrong fairway, you need to check the tee box to see if someone's coming on. And if there's yeah. somebody there, you need to clear out, right? That's the way I've always been taught. You wait for them to play through, and then you go out. And you can have option B, which is if you really want to play for strokes, you go I mean, you go hit your ball out there, or if you don't care, pick it up and pull it out to the rough. You know, if you're if you're shooting 125 on that day and you're playing every wrong fairway, just pull it over to the rough and play from there. Keep the pace moving. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about, pace of play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also, too, you got to worry about getting leapfrogged, too. You know, if you're on the fairway waiting for the other guys to tee off and then somebody behind you thinks, you know, they catch you and they think, <laughs> Oh, there's nobody in front of me, and all of a sudden they're ahead of you mm-hmm. on on your same hole. That's that's terrible too. Uh, but that shouldn't happen because usually it's all stacked up anyways by then, and you know who's in front of you at that point. And we talk about pace of play. I mean, the common etiquette is to wait for whoever's farthest away from the hole to hit. So you're doing that, you know, back and forth of who hits first is always the farthest away. I'm saying like pace of play, ready golf, like just go hit um, if you're ready to go obviously not the same time as somebody else, but, um, if you're ready to go, go hit. And that, that improves the pace of play by itself. So you're not constantly waiting for, you know, somebody to get to their ball and, and do it. If you're ready, go. Yeah. I think we should cover for our new golfers out there. Like when would you play ready golf? Would you play if you've, I guess I should pose a question to you guys to answer this. Um, should you stay just ahead of the people in front of you or right behind the people in front of you? I guess the stay just ahead of the people behind you or keep up with the people right in front of you? What's the, That's a good question. The I, th- I think a lot of people fall back to the people behind them. They, you know, if they're not being pushed, they kind of take their time, right? But yeah. um, marshals will always tell you as soon as you tee off, like keep up with that group in front of you. Stay right on their on their behind. And, and, and that's kind of the pace of play way to do it. Yeah. And that's where you would go to ready golf, right? If you fall behind that, that mark. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'd I'd say I like so. it. And for new golfers, you tell them that 
don't worry if a team's coming up on you, a group's kind of coming on you. Like you said, as long as you're keeping up with the, the group in front of your your mm-hmm. pace, then you're fine. Don't feel like you need to rush. Don't feel like you need to go out and you need to start, you know, speeding up your play and messing your game up. Just keep up with the group ahead of you and you're fine. The, the, if you're stacked up on a weekend, yeah, you're going to have guys pushing you. And if, especially new golfers, they get worried. I know when I take my wife out, she gets real nervous. And I tell her, hey, everything's fine. Just play your game. We have nowhere to go in front of us. So don't start, you know, playing different and don't start feeling like you can't enjoy the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Another one out there, too, is, um, you know, if you're you're trying to, like, speed up game, pace of play and you guys are all on the green, right? And a couple of our balls maybe aren't even within, like, sight of our putts and our line of our putts, then do you really have to mark your ball, right? Everybody... You know, etiquette is to mark your ball, keep your ball off the putting surface, but it's it's pretty simple if you can ask your playing partners if they're okay with that ball where it is and leave it so you don't have to do that kind of mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. Uh, that does speed it up as well. That's another option. Let me tell you another pet peeve. It got me this weekend. It drove me nuts. So I'm coming up to the tee box. Number one, I walk up. I'm playing with random guys. I'm, I'm by myself. I'm looking for just kind of a, a low-key round. So I ask the guys and, and check in, say, hey, you know, we're all in the same group. And these other guys are on the tee box ahead of us. So I asked them and, and I'm looking at my watch and we're only about three, four minutes away from the tee time. So I'm thinking this is, this is pretty tight stack. The guy, when I checked in, didn't tell me we were behind at all. So I asked him, Hey, what's your tee time? And they just look and they said, Oh, we were here first. So we're going to go ahead and take off. So <laughs> huge pet peeve of mine. Golf etiquette is you, that time is your reservation, right? That's not like, well, it's 12.45, but I'm going to go at 12.20 because I'm here. And unless you're cleared for that, you can't mm-hmm. just jump ahead. You're going to mess it up. So that golf etiquette, keep it moving. But at the same time, use your time that you've been given. Here's here's kind of a... So the time you're given, I think that's a good one. Um, if you are playing slow, like let's say your group of four just out there having a good time, it's a sunny day, whatever. And there's a single behind you or you know, twosome behind you that's playing pretty fast and, and you let them play through. As soon as you let them play through, that single or that twosome needs to get on the horse and actually yeah. get in front of you, like get through the hole. I've seen too many times where they're just, you know, they kind of play through you because you're on the tee box together. And then as soon as they get to the fairway, they start like lining stuff up. Like it's the PGA tour and you're like, what are you doing? Like get going. Like we're going to be stacked yeah, up behind you just because you want to play through. Yeah. Yeah. If you're on a solo, just trying to pace, you know, speed it up, play yeah. through, take your, take your auto two putt. Yep. I think one thing that helps too with that too, Brian, is if you see that person coming up on you on the green behind you, definitely tee off. Like your group should tee off on that hole and mm-hmm. let your ball be out there and just notify that person, whoever's playing through that that's that your balls are out, are out there and maybe tell them what you're playing. And then I think mm-hmm. that helps kind of let them know that they're already having to go, right? Your balls are already out there. So they're having to speed up, right? So that's, yep. Yep. that's part of it too. So with you guys, what do you teach your kids right now? Your, your kids are young. I mean, we're talking casual golf rounds. This is just, we're playing on a Saturday. We're playing for fun. No tournaments, no betting. There's most of these little, you know, tips of tricks to pick up your pace. But what about in a tournament? What are you seeing? Trevor, start with you with the junior tournaments. What do you see with your kids that you teach them or you see a lot of kids doing or shouldn't be doing? I think the biggest thing from the young age is just walking through people's lines and putting, um, not realizing where their marks are on the, on the greens and the balls and they're walking right through. So that's a lot of dads out there just like, Hey, be mindful of the other players, you know, line, that sort of thing. And that's the biggest thing up front. 
Um, number two is Jared's rule is teeing off in front of the tea, tea box. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't, for that. Um, you that's, don't that's, see that. <laughs> and then three is uh, Brian's point, you know, is, um, and Jared's is also the first one away or the furthest one away is first to play kind of thing. And that's kind of what we try to try to go. But, you know, you do fall behind a lot. There's a lot of tea, bo- tea times that get backed up in junior tournaments. So mm-hmm. you end up trying to do ready golf, but you're you're stacked as no matter what you do. So. Um, but you're trying to kind of at least let them know that if you're furthest away, it's your turn, that sort of thing. Those are the top three, I'd say, etiquette-wise. Yeah, Brian, what do you teach your boys right now with golf etiquette? Where do you start? Uh, don't hit it into dad. I mean, just like <laughs> like like wherever they are. Like, <laughs> I don't know. My my youngest has this just unique ability to just zero in on me and swing right at me. I don't know. Like even if I'm to the 90 degrees to the right of them. Um, yeah, I mean, we're too early to really get on the course and, and start worrying about that. I just want them to kind of get out and, um, you know, just pay attention to noise, I guess. That's a big one. Like if we're out on the course, like, like don't be too loud. Don't be too crazy. Focus on who's around you when you swing. Like just, you know, don't just swing when somebody's three feet behind you because you're going to hit them mm-hmm. <laughs> with the club, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more of awareness of, of the surroundings, I think, is where I'm at. Yeah. I, along those lines, I think I've, I've, you know, I, th- I think my girl, my oldest daughter has hit her friend with a club, um, you know, just mm-hmm. messed around on the course. <laughs> yeah. And I know of two other people, other juniors in, in the same kind of area that's done that too. So it's definitely, it's definitely a problem. So I, I like that teaching them young. Be aware. <laughs> yeah. We got the golf, golf clap going too. I mean, that's, that's a teaching. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. We're going to, we're going to watch the masters here in a couple of weeks and I'm just going to Key part in the golf clap, just a slow little golf clap. So for dads, it's pick up the pace and keep it moving. And for kids, it's don't hit anybody. That's right. Don't hit anybody and don't step on their their line or on their ball. And you'll be fine. You keep it up. Your golf etiquette part one is in the books. We're going to have to do several parts because, Trevor, you have way too long of a list for us to cover on golf etiquette. Uh, I mean, I'd only throw one more out there. Yeah, it's it's ball marks. I mean, most of us high handicappers, we don't hit um, the greens like we should, right? So when we do actually get a ball mark that we have to repair, it's pretty exciting. At least it is for me still because I don't hit greens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when we play and it's all stacked up and people are trying to move along, I mean, I would just say try to encourage you to find that mark. If you do have a little divot there or a little dimple in the green, try to repair it as best you can just so the next person doesn't have a bumpy green to, to putt over. Yeah, it is frustrating to find a lot of ball marks on the green and guys ahead of you haven't repaired them. Yeah. So, you know, if you, and, and that's another piece. You go back and repair a couple others if they're close. Right. Yeah, I mean, I heard a greenskeeper had a good saying. He's like, you know, it's every time you, you have a ball mark like that, it damages the green. So it's like it just depends on if you're going to go back and play that, that green again. Um, you're just helping it out for future rounds to be nice and smooth. So um, keep the health of the greens going. Repair your ball marks. That's a good one, yeah. Treb. Do what you can. Yep. I remember playing one of the first times I ever played like a really nice course. I felt so out of touch with what you should and shouldn't do on a on a country club. I remember the first time I played a country club, I was terrified that I was going to screw up and I was going to mess up some things that guys don't want you to do. But, you know, all these things we're talking about here are most of those items. You know, don't stand in somebody's line. Don't step on it. Repair your ball mark. Keep yourself moving. If you get into another fairway, get out of the way. <laughs> that's uh, that's me. Mm-hmm. That one's me more than the getting ahead of the tee box. Maybe they're about the same time. I do hit other fairways a lot. 
How'd they do at the pro shop when you checked in with uh, cargo shorts and socks and sandals? <laughs> <laughs> and shirt I dropped our, I just dropped our business card at Birdie Dad's and they were good. They knew it. <laughs> they saw me coming. Nice. Actually, I was wearing jean shorts that day. So. Oh, perfect. Cut off? Cut off? <laughs> yep. oh, oh, yeah. I cut them myself. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> the strings are down there, too. Uneven, uh, so, just jagged. Oh, oh jagged for, sure. for sure. They were great. You could see a little pocket. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, I got a message from Matthew Madden this week, and about last week we were talking about golf rules, and he wanted you to clear up a little bit more on the yellow stake, red stake. So, can you do that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I guess red stakes are more kind of lateral hazards, and they're kind of transferring more towards like just calling them penalty areas. Uh, because these don't necessarily have to be water, bodies of water, right? They could be anything, sandy areas, waste areas. Um, and the red stakes are basically that you can take a lateral move for two clubs worth, um, no closer to the hole for your shot. And if it's a body of water, you can go to around the other side as long as it's equidistance, no closer to the hole. And then the water hazard, um, or I guess the traditional water, just water hazard has been the yellow stakes. And those, depending on course local rules, to my understanding, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but they'll sometimes have a drop zone for you to take one stroke and play from the drop zone or to come back on that point of entry, straight draw a line from the hole back to that point of entry, and you can go back as far as you want and play one club length from either side, um, you know, penalty. And then the third option is also to play from, you know, stroke and distance from your original shot as well. So those are kind of the, the options from the yellow stakes. So does that make a little more sense guys? Yeah. Any questions about that? It does for me. Yeah. It, okay. it makes sense. For, it makes sense for me. I mean, it's just a confusing differentiation anyways. Like, you know, the PGA tour, all that kind of stuff, they have rules officials out there to kind of check with. Yeah. So I guess like if you could simplify it and maybe I can try to say it back to you, Trevor, and yeah. maybe this will simplify it. Um, red stake means lateral, meaning from wherever it went into the hazard, whether it's water, sand, whatever, waste area, um, you can move the ball two clubs lateral from that line that where it enters. Where you thought it entered. Yep. 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 Um, and then yellow is, um, I think you said in there, one club left or yes. right, or is it no clubs? So one club, one, cl- one club. Yep. And it's okay. from point of entry. If you draw a line straight back from the hole on the green, back through that point of entry of wherever that yellow mm-hmm. stake is that you can actually keep going back further if you want to, but you can, you know, you cannot go more than one club length on either side of that line. Yeah. So I, th- I think that, simpl- that simplifies it for me. And then also potential for yellow, look at your, the local course, if they have a drop zone. They may have a drop zone you. upside. Yep. yep. And if there's yep. yellow stake, that, that may be what it's for. And I'm not, we'll have to look into this, but, uh, red stakes, Drop zones. I haven't seen those as much. It's more a yellow stake no. drop right. zone. And then the other differentiation on the red stakes now is that you can actually ground your club in the waste area. So let's say it just trickles over the red line. It's not mm-hmm. completely gone. You can, and you're going to try to hit it out of the red. You can actually ground your club in that waste area before you hit it. So you can take a practice swing. Already yeah, do it. Yep. Already that, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's been doing that since 05 so he's yep. good yeah I, I also corrected my drop on the water and I didn't go just lateral from the splash so yeah. I just mm-hmm. want to clarify that did not do that uh, so 
just for so you guys. You must have been at 45% clearing the water, so you had to come back a little bit. Because if I you had were to come 55%, back, yeah. you would have gone up to the green, right? Oh, man, I can't wait to play in a tournament with you guys soon. It's coming up, and <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for what's well, going to happen in the episodes. I just played in a best, best ball, two-man best ball tournament uh, this last week at, down at Chambers Bay, my favorite spot. So, um, went well, um, but yeah, we, we were we were not going to the rule book. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> laid back. So, oh, okay. Oh yeah. No, okay. Any, any yellow stakes on Chambers Bay, uh, Brian? I, I don't think there would be if I can remember. There aren't, isn't any water. No, I, I, there's no yellow stakes. I don't yeah. even know if there's red stakes to be honest. Okay. Like, because it's all pretty contained. Um, mostly, you're going to lose your ball in. Um, inbounds technically where it's yeah. it's just it's just going to be yeah you can't hit it out yeah. <laughs> of, of the unplayable the grass so yeah yeah exactly so you can't hit it out i'm gonna foot wedge it out come come get it <laughs> <laughs> just kidding oh man i love it these guys think they you know come play a tournament with me we'll have fun now this week we sat down with travis dorsch former nfl player and now he's the founder of the families and sport lab at utah state university Trevor, you couldn't join us this week, but Brian and I sat down with Travis. And if you're a parent and you want to talk youth sports, this is the episode you need to listen to. I mean, this is it. Brian, what did you learn from Travis? Man, I mean, he's he's reiterated everything we've heard about um, coaching your kids is to, you know, be a dad first and, you know, coach second. Um, let the kid lead in... Um, you know, all their goal discussions, don't put goals on them. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me, I think, Jared, I don't don't know about you, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you know, have that discussion, but let them decide what their goals are. Don't, don't put it on them to be a professional athlete if they don't want to be. So it's just going to cause tension. That was the craziest thing. I I mean, joking around a little bit, but just blew my mind with really, he just boiled it down to, Hey, talk to your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. develop those things together. Don't make it your goals and you'll be so much happier with the results. So Travis talked about a ton in that episode. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen. He is, the guy's done TED Talks. He's a professor at Utah State. I like talking to him because again, he's climbed all the way to the top. He's been in the NFL. So he knows that that climb through the ranks of youth sports, college sports, professional sports, and what it takes for parents. So go back and check him out. Great episode. And that's it for this week, guys. Go to our website at birdiedads.com. Buy yourself a new t-shirt. It'll go great with those socks and sandals. And we'll see you next Tuesday with a new episode.